Christian Life with Dr. William Baker. I'm your host, Dr. William Baker. And I want to start today's podcast off by saying I hope everyone's had a blessed week. Um, it's certainly been an interesting week uh, just being a Christian. If you look at what the media calls the news and you see what's going on around the world and you listen to the community around you, um, I was actually looking at uh, different churches and the need of pastors in a lot of churches. And it's amazing because, you know, I, one thing I saw, and this is, I don't know if this is just related to the United States because I have a big audience, you know, the some of the Baptists and some of the Methodists and some of the other churches I, I saw were leaving and their denomination. They said, you know, we're still Baptist, we're still Methodist. Um, but looking into it, you know, they don't agree with the changes in the church's um, philosophy. So, um, and in some of those, the preacher would stay with the church. In some cases, uh, they were called back to a higher parish or um, a higher church and, and given a different position, and the church was left to find a pastor. So it, it's just interesting uh, to see some of the changes out there. But that kind of leads in a little bit to what I want to talk about today, which I, I was talking about bringing in crops and the harvest and the flock that's out there. So in today's time, you might say it's a farmer who's going to bring in the crops. Um, for Christianity, you know, we had a shepherd. We have one shepherd, Jesus Christ. And Jesus had his disciples. He had 12 of his disciples. So he spent a lot of time during his evangelistic period on this earth with his disciples. He spent a tremendous amount of time with them. So they were learning from him basically 24 hours a day. Uh, you know, he was with them, and that was his family, his brothers, sisters, mothers, as he said in the Bible. Now, they learned from watching, seeing how he interacted with people, how he healed people, the words he used, um, how he treated them. So everything was, was learning, and even after years with some of them, they didn't quite get it. So when we think about you know, the churches that are out there, there's, there's going to be discrepancies. There's Christianity in general, and it's not difficult. Uh, a lot of the churches can make it difficult. You know, there's, there's a great call, and, and I'm called more to be an evangelist than a pastor, but the evangelistic side of me, you know, I, I want to sit there and, Say, hey, what if there was no tomorrow? You're not guaranteed a tomorrow, not on this physical earth. And it's a battlefield, isn't it? God's, the devil's, you know, God called him the prince of air, right? Satan. It's his realm. Eh, maybe not. We'll discuss that later. Maybe not today, but maybe later. 
We will discuss it later. But, but think about that. Christianity. And then there's so many offshoots. What does it take to be a Christian? Well, first you need to accept in your mind, mentally, that God sent his son to earth in a physical form of man who died on the cross. He was sinless until he took up the cross for man. He died for man's sins. And you need to repent. You need to change your heart. God wants you to change your heart. He knows we're sinful because we're flesh, but God wants us to change our heart. Now, along with believing that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, he rose and went to heaven. You know, he didn't go to heaven right away, right? A couple days, three days. Yeah. Think about that. He took the kingdom of the keys in the kingdom of Haiti. He, he took that over, got the, got the keys to the door. He, he controls it. And he rose to heaven. Why did he do that? So we could have salvation. It's, it's just that simple. He did that. So let's think about that. That was something Jesus, who was sent to earth by Father God, did that. And in going to heaven, dying on the cross of our sins and going to heaven, releasing the Holy Spirit, all man, it's, it's what he did. It's not what he's going to do. You have to accept in your mind, he's already done that for you. You just have to take it. You have to accept that, those things. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go out there and hold a sign. You don't need to go beg somebody. Are you embarrassed? Are you embarrassed that, you know, I believe in God. You're afraid people are going to make fun of you? It's not easy being a Christian. Is it a way of life? You shouldn't think of it as a way of life. Christianity is living. It's living. If you're not living a Christian life, you're living in sin. And there's a lot of sin. We're fleshful. What's the penalty for sin? Because we're born in it, we die. But there's the potential for two deaths, right? When we stand before the white throne, we're going to be judged. We want to have that seat in heaven. We don't want to be cast into the lake of fire. Some people, and a lot of these churches and preachers, and I'm sorry to, to nag on them, because it's really, you know, go back and read your Bible. It, it explains right in there. The devil doesn't control anything. The devil's a fallen angel. Satan is a fallen angel. Satan's not in hell. Satan doesn't control Hades. Satan is a fallen angel. And when you go to the lake of fire... What is that? Think about that. People say, oh, you're going to be with Satan. You're going to be burning. No. The lake of fire is the absence of God. God's not there. Think about that. Pretty deep. You don't want to be there. You don't know if tomorrow's coming. Some people are ready and some people aren't. If you're ready, go to my contact page. Get in contact with me. 
I'll baptize you in the spirit. I mean, I'll baptize you in water. He'll, he'll baptize you in the spirit. I can't do that. Of course, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus. I'm not the Holy Spirit. So please think about that. And, and, you know, going back to the beginning when we were start talking about the podcast today, the farmers, when we've got to bring in the crop. Well, in this case, sheep, you need shepherds. There's a lot of people out there. If you're a Christian and you have time, a lot of people are busy. But is it busy time? Is it really something you need to be doing? Or is there Christian work you can be doing for Jesus, for God? You know, there's people in nursing homes that need to talk to someone. There's people in hospitals. There's community. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the community, there, there's people that need help. You know, I'm not helping anybody. I'm not doing They're lazy. They're, they're brothers and sisters. Love thy neighbor. If you're not willing to do it for them, you know, I, I'm, I'd say, why should God do it for you? But he's already done it. Get over it. Accept it. Be a different person. Be a better person. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can help someone, though. You can so, show someone that Christian spirit, that Christian heart, that love, that forgiveness, that kindness. You can bring that Christian joy into their life. We need more shepherds out there. You want to think of it as a farmer? Be a, be a Christian farmer. Plenty of crops. Plenty of people who want the message. You don't have to bring them the message, but help them get to that message. But as I said in the beginning also, it's dangerous for Christians. There's a lot of attacks on Christians. Whether it's community, society, political, psychological, medical. I was reading a medical report. Well, it wasn't a report. It was a authored research paper. And in the paper, it wanted to deal with statistics and research and it said we need to put the religious aspect away it doesn't help why doesn't it help what they were talking about i can specifically show different sections in the bible which specifically refer to that it bolsters you know a point maybe not their point because they don't see eye to eye with that but then they don't have the christian viewpoint on it know what the bible says it's not rocket science but see how you can help your community, how you can help your church, how you can help your fellow man, your brothers and sisters that are out there. So we're going to go ahead and jump into Matthew. We're going to chapter 9. This is the last uh, the last verses of chapter 9, and we're going to stop there before we get into chapter 10. So this is the harvest is plentiful and the labor is few. We're going to read it, and then we're going to break it down. And Jesus went throughout all of the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. But because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
So let's go back to the beginning of that. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages. Now, Jesus went everywhere, didn't he? He went to the synagogues. He went to the villages. He talked to church elders. But that wasn't Jesus' mission. His mission was to go to other people, the people who weren't saved, the people who didn't believe. What's the value? What's, what, what crop are you going to get for those that believe? You need to harvest those that don't believe. That's where the fruit is, right? That's what we want. You can say the same thing over to the, the, a person who believes. Is that saving any souls? No, because there's already saved. Go save somebody. Go convince somebody. It's not convincing them. They, they're going to believe or they're not going to believe. They may not believe right off. They might need to see it. But he was going out to all these cities and villages. And, and he was teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. <clears throat> now, he's going out to their churches, and he's proclaiming the gospel. He's saying it. He's not just, you know, thinking it. He's going there and, oh, I, I, it, it's in my mind. I'm thinking this. No, he's got to tell people through his lips. Air comes out of his mouth. Voice comes out. People hear it. People see it. <laughs> talking about the gospel of the kingdom. And he's healing every disease and every affliction. Now, remember earlier in Matthew, he could easily cure the disease or affliction. But how was he doing it? He was getting rid of their sin. He was getting rid of the disease and rid, rid of the sickness and the affliction by the sin, forgiving them of their sins, not healing the diseases directly. You've got the diseases and, and the, the ailments and everything because of sin. Remember, we're born in sin of sin. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. He loved them. You know, you see that all throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. He always showed compassion to those in need. He wanted his disciples to see this. When you're learning about Jesus, he wants you to know he has compassion for people. He doesn't just turn a blind eye, turn his head. You know, I'm not going to help them. Oh, here's, here's money. Get away from me. Just, you know, you can't buy your way out of it. Your heart has to be in it. More than your heart. Your heart and your spirit have to be in it. You have to, it's got to be the Christian you. And he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Now, why are they harassed and helpless? They've got nobody to turn to. Think about that. They're They're harassed. The communities, the societies, they're not Christian societies. There's some Christians there, but most aren't. And they're going to get harassed, you know, questioned, and, and they're going to get comments and looks. It's going to be a little more difficult for the Christian, right? You're going to be able to get that job? Well, if you're not the same kind of duck in that society, guess what? You're doing your own thing. 
and they're not going to recognize you and they're not going to do it. They're going to give it to somebody they recognize who's one of them familiar because they're scared partly. And they were helpless. They were helpless because when you're helpless, you have nowhere to turn, right? What do you do when you're helpless? Who do you go to? In that mindset, you can't go to anybody. You're just, oh, it's, it's a terror that just can't be satisfied. There is no assistance or help. You're suffering by yourself. Like, and it says right there, like sheep without a shepherd. Their spiritual leaders weren't helping them. They couldn't. They didn't understand. They didn't know. But they couldn't and they wouldn't. They thought, you know, we've got this new guy in town named Jesus, and he's going he's gonna to take the, the spotlight from me, right? That's what they were thinking. They're thinking, you know, hey, I, there's only room up here for one of me, and this guy's being false. If he's doing it, he's doing it through works of the devil. They're going to call him names. They're going to put him down. They're going to try to make him seem less because they think they're losing something. They don't realize. You know, it's, it's the Son of God manifest in human form. And that's sad. It's sad that they don't recognize. They can't see, and they don't hear what he's saying. They don't see what he's doing, how he's healing people indiscriminately. Doesn't matter who you were. He did it to soldiers. He healed them and their servants and their family members. He did it to other cultures who hated him, didn't like him. If the people believed, he would heal them. You just had to take it. He died on the cross for everyone. The harvest is, you know, he, he, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Think about that. And earlier it's talking about, you know, there, there's sheep without a shepherd. There's religious peoples there. There's synagogues there. There's other tabernacles and things there that people can go to. But the religious leaders are blind. They're deaf. They don't know what to do. And that's sad. But there's a lot out there that don't know what they do. You need to make sure that you, you know, if you're going to church, you have a good preacher. If you're not going to church, make time to read the Bible, but understand it. And he said that to his disciple. There's, you know, the laborers are few. And then, it, and then he tells them. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, he wants his disciples to pray. But along with praying, he's got something else for them to do. Now think about this. They're the disciples. They've spent years with him. They've watched him. They've listened to him. He knows he's going to be leaving soon enough. And they have to be ready to take on that work when he leaves. He knows they're going to have to be, you know, the, the, the super 12 disciples, the, you know, God's evangelists. And they need to go out there and get people who 
willingly come and believe and who want to spread the message to create more. It's not about creating more because they're already there. If they're willing to do it, then make sure they have the appropriate message to spread to the masses. And go reach those people who are so hungry. They're ready. Well, what does the harvest mean when it's ripe, right? It's ripe for what? Harvesting. You're going to go take it before it rottens, before it, it turns sour, before it goes bad. You know, think of an apple. If you pick it too soon, it's hard. It's not right. It can be, you know, the, the taste is not as sweet. And then when it's just right, it's got a good flavor. It's not too hard. But if you don't harvest it in time, it'll rotten. It'll turn. It'll taste bad. It, it can go bad. So he needs laborers. He needs people who are going to go out there and spread that message. Just like this. With Christian Life with Dr. William Baker, me being Dr. William Baker, I'm not doing this, you know, to make money. Now, some people out there listening are going to say, oh, you got to be making something. Let me tell you something. Not a penny. Nothing. I have taken nothing. I pay for the podcast, the upkeep, everything out of my own pocket. It's not about me. It's not about making the riches that these TV priests make. Would I like to be on TV? I sure would. It'd be different than what you see now. I welcome that. Give me, give me that so I can proclaim the Lord, Jesus Christ, his Father, God in heaven, and the Holy Spirit. Let me tell people what they need to do. As a preacher, I mean, the Bible says it, and I'll say it. You don't need me. But I've learned. I'm a learned man, and I know how to interpret the Bible. I've got <laughs> 26, 27 years of formal education on biblical Latin, not the language, not the Latin language, but some of the translations of the direct books uh, through Greek and Hebrew and other and some of the Latin texts, which had side-by-side -side translations, um, and just lots of study and understanding how everything works, and then the history and the culture and the civilization and the people, political um, context, historical trading, the landscape, attitudes, beliefs. It's a lot. So think about that. If you you'd be willing to learn and help shepherd some, you know, and think about it. You're like, well, I can't go teach that. Well, you don't have to, but you can still shepherd people to God. There are ways. Think about that. You go to church, ask somebody if they want to go with you. You never know. You might have a new church partner that goes with you or your family. What, what's the worst thing that will happen if you ask someone? You know, you're not sure. You're scared to ask them. What's the worst thing? They're going to tell you no. Big deal. Are you a child? Are you going to cry? No. But if you get them to go to church with you, you know, and it's not about hounding them. Just be a good Christian. 
And you can ask them, they can say no. And you can ask them and they can say no. Be persistent. There's a lot of teachings in the Bible which convey to everyday life. It's, it's a guide on how to live. So I want to end that. And I just want to say, like I always do, you know, if you need to talk to someone, if you have some comments, concerns, something you want to say, let me know. I'll listen. I will respond back myself. I'm either going to do it in an email. I'm going to respond to your comment, um, possibly call you, write you a letter. Um, I have contact information where you can leave a comment on my uh, the Podbean Christian Life with Dr. William Baker's site. Um, you can look at the contact page. It has an email and it also has an, uh, my address. You can write me a letter if you want. Send me an email. I'll respond in kind. Tell me how you'd like me to contact you. And we have brothers and sisters all over the world. I want the best for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. I want you to have a blessed life. If you're having troubles, if something's bothering you, under, under confessional, we can talk under confessional. You don't have to you know, say anything to me that you don't want to, you don't, you know, I'm not going to write it down. Nothing like that. It's not going to be reported anywhere. I want to help you through whatever problem it is. If I can, there's limitations of what I can do, but we can discuss it in, in the context of, you know, Jesus and God's word. Some things you'd be surprised. Some things you wouldn't don't, I don't want anybody to hurt themselves um, if you're thinking about something bad, please reach out and, and just, you know, you know oh, I, it, it can't wait. Yes, it can. Reach out to me. Give me a day or two to, to respond. I'm actively looking at my stuff. If you mail me a letter, it's going to take a little bit for me to get it and respond. But I will respond. So be patient, please. That's all I ask. I'm not asking for money. I'm not asking for anything else. I'm asking for your ear and time. And in that, I'm also asking, if you like this podcast, tell your friends. Tell your friends where they can hear it. You know, tell them about me. And I'm going to get more of these out there. I'm going to keep doing this. There is going to be a change coming up. I'm actually uh, setting up um, a YouTube and a Twitter channel. So it should be on video. I've got to see how that's going to work with uh, my Podbean account. But well, we'll see how that goes, because I'd rather do this on video than everybody can see me. Um, but having said that, I want to say have a blessed week and God bless. This is Christian Life with Dr. William Baker.